uh, we'll just, we just keep the screen blank. That's just fine. <laughs> Uh, I, I was in, in my quiet time this morning, just felt led to go to this scripture uh, and to share this scripture with you. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 1 and, and uh, verse 3 here in a moment. Um, one of the things I've noticed recently, I've looked up in the sky and I have seen these beautiful sunsets. It's happened regularly lately. And I've just enjoyed it so much. And one of the things I've recognized is that there is... Nothing that God does that he does second class. God is the master artist, uh, the master creator. And of course, uh, those of us who know him as Savior know that he is the great and sufficient Savior. Uh, But I want to talk to you about one of our greatest needs today that I believe that God meets in a unique way that we probably don't think about often enough. And that is our need for prayer. And as God's people, we need prayer. Sometimes we will request prayer. I like that, you know, in Sunday school we request prayer and we pray for each other. Uh, we do that in other, other settings in our church as well. Um, but there is somebody who prays for you that is greater than anyone else who could possibly pray for you. And his name is Jesus Christ. And his intercession is always perfect. And it's always sufficient. And as I was uh, studying in my quiet time this morning, I saw some notes I had written in my margin when I was preparing for my book. Didn't put it in my book. But uh, it, is, uh, it is truly uh, something to think about um, in this scripture that we're going to mention today. Uh, we need to trust in the ongoing intercession of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, I'm going to do this message a little differently because my scripture is going to come from several different places in Hebrews, but we're going to start in verse 3. Look with me at verse 3 of chapter 1. It says, the Son, that is Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful Word. I was meditating on this scripture one day, and it occurred to me that this very same powerful word is the word that is used for me in prayer. So how does Jesus pray for you? That's the title of my message. How does he pray for you? Well, first of all, he prays powerfully. I want you to think with me for a second about the fact that Jesus sustains all things by his powerful word. Now, the farthest galaxy, we're, we're told the re- most recent estimate, uh, there's 100 billion known galaxies. There's, they believe there's another 100 billion that we haven't yet seen. Um, the farthest galaxy is sustained by his powerful word. The smallest speck of a one-cell organism is sustained by Jesus' power. He sustains the weather. He sustains uh, all that takes place in the ocean. And uh, everything is held together by his powerful word. That's power. You know, we see that demonstrated when Jesus spoke to the winds and the waves and they were still. That's just a small measure 
of the power of Jesus' word. But then I want to just take a shift for a second and have you think with me about Jesus' prayer. Because the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for us. If his word is that powerful that it sustains all that is, his word will sustain you as he prays for you. There's nothing that you can face. You know, sometimes I've felt inadequate to pray. Uh, I remember uh, my mother telling me one time, Roger, when you don't know what to pray, just ask the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit to intercede on your behalf. That's a great thing to do. But the fact is, there is nothing that Jesus cannot sustain through his powerful word. And the Bible says he ever lives to make intercession for you. He knows your deepest needs. As I've grown in my Christian walk, I've realized there are certain things I need to pray for. I've added to my prayer list, and sometimes I've taken things off of my prayer list. But I've recognized there are things I need to pray for. But, you know, there's probably a whole lot of stuff I, don't, I still don't know to pray for. But Jesus knows exactly what I need. And he intercedes for me perfectly according to the will of God. Jesus also has no sin. Uh, our, our sin sometimes gets in the way of our prayers. We can't pray in the Holy Spirit the way we should because we're, we're, we've got sin in our life that we haven't confessed. Jesus never has that issue. He always sins in complete purity and perfection before God. He always prays effectively. And he sustains us by his powerful word. Um, this week we ate a little bit late one day, and, and I, I began to feel shaky and grumpy. Y'all been there? And uh, just kind of getting out of sorts. And uh, it's amazing what just eating, getting a little sustenance will do. <laughs> and, and to, to improve your mood and help you uh, function in this life. Would Jesus' prayers sustain us in that very way spiritually? So, Ask the Lord Jesus to, to pray for you. If you're struggling, if you don't know how to pray, or maybe you've prayed and there's no more tears. I, I remember I heard a person tell me, uh, I, I, just, I, I was in this stage of my life and I couldn't pray. I'd come to the end of, of even being able to pray. Uh, if that's where you are, just ask Jesus to intercede on your behalf and he will sustain you through his powerful intercession. So he prays powerfully. How does Jesus pray for you? He prays powerfully. Flip over to chapter 2 with me. Secondly, he prays productively. Look at verse 11. He prays productively. Verse 11 says, For the one who sanctifies, speaking of Jesus, and those who are sanctified all have one Father. The one who sanctifies. Jesus does a sanctifying work. We've talked about that before. We make a choice in spiritual growth to cooperate with God. Okay, and, and we have to do that if we want to grow. But God also has a role. Jesus also has a role in helping us grow in our walk with God. But here's another way that Jesus helps you grow. He prays for your spiritual growth. He sustains all things by his powerful word, including your spiritual life, including your spiritual growth. 
Have you ever felt like you've kind of reached a plateau in your spiritual walk and you feel like you don't know how to get to the next level? And you feel like, Lord, I, I, I feel like I need to, to grow, but I've kind of at the end of this spiritual growth. Um, ask God to pray for your sanctification. He prays productively. As you grow in your spiritual life, guess what you're going to do? You're going to produce spiritual fruit. As you grow in your spiritual life, you're going to begin to have more of an impact on other people. And, and the Holy Spirit of God will work through you uh, to minister to other people. All of this is sustained by God. I love what, uh, what Peter says, we're kept by the power of God through faith. But uh, another scripture says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one who enables us to trust at the beginning. He is the one who sustains us in our faith and helps us grow in our faith. And then he's the one who's going to bring it to consummation. Jesus is there to help us with the productivity of our spiritual life. Now, he gives us a free will and we can choose to resist what he's doing. And he won't twist our arm if that's where we are. But if you have a genuine heart to grow in your walk with God, to be productive in your spiritual life, to produce spiritual fruit, the fruit of the Spirit in your life, you can ask the Lord Jesus Christ to intercede on your behalf. Lord, help me to grow spiritually. By the way, there's a promise attached to that. Because the Bible tells us if we ask anything according to His will, He hears and we have what we've asked of God. We know it's God's will for, him, for us to grow in Christ. So if you ask God for that, God will grant that every single time. So pray for that yourself, but also ask the Lord Jesus to pray for your sanctification because he prays productively. So he prays powerfully. Secondly, he prays productively. Thirdly, he prays mercifully. Mercifully. Look at verse 15. Actually, back up to verse 14. He says, Now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these, so that through his death he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who were held in slavery all their lives by the fear of death. So he prays mercifully to set us free. Listen, how do we get in spiritual bondage? We get in spiritual bondage by our choices. So I really don't deserve to be set free from the results of my own choices. And yet that's exactly what God does through Jesus Christ. He sets free those who have been under the bondage of death, the power of the enemy. Jesus prays mercifully. You say, well, I don't deserve to be forgiven. I don't deserve to be set free. I don't deserve to have a hope in the future. You may not deserve it, but Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins so that God could pour out his mercy into your life and give you what you don't deserve in grace. God has mercy to us. He doesn't give us what we deserve. Sometimes, you know, when I was early in my Christian walk, I'd say, well, Lord, I, I deserve better than this. And then I realized I really don't. What I deserve is hell. So I don't pray for what I deserve. I pray for mercy. 
Because in mercy, God pardons my sin, and then he responds to me in grace uh, and gives me what I don't deserve. So Jesus prays mercifully for me. Jesus prays for you even though you don't deserve it. Your spouse ever get on your wrong side? You need to pray for them, okay? You say, well, they don't deserve it. You need to pray for them anyway, okay? Pray for them because, first of all, God's told us to do so. But secondly, because you're following in the steps of Jesus, and that's what Jesus does for you. Jesus says, if you won't forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So Jesus is praying for us in mercy. For God's blessing, God's freedom to be given to us. What a blessing uh, to know God's freedom, to know God's truth, to be set free from the bondage of sin, to be set free from the power of the enemy. Can I tell you something? As a child of God, you have a heritage. You're a son or a daughter of the king of kings, and Satan has no claim on your life. As Jesus prays for you, Satan has to take a hike. He has no power before the one who has all power, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ prays for us mercifully. So how does Jesus pray for us? He prays powerfully. He prays productively. He prays mercifully. I want you to see he prays sympathetically. Look at verse 18. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted... He was able to help those who are tempted. Or you could also translate that. Since he himself has suffered when he was tested, he is also able to help those who are tested. Uh, You can translate the word either way. Both things are true. Jesus prays sympathetically. Another scripture tells us he was tempted in every way just as we are yet without sin. So whatever test you're going through in your life, Whatever temptation you're going through in your life, Jesus intercedes for you with the sympathy of understanding. Some of you have gone through the loss of a child. Your your child's passed away. You understand what that is like, like someone who's not gone through that doesn't understand. And you're able a lot of times to minister to other people who've gone through the same thing because you know what it feels like. You know what the struggles are. You have the understanding of experience so that you can come along somebody else and, and help them not just with, with words of, you know, that really don't have an understanding of where they are, but truly with a sympathy that comes from your heart. This is what this verse is saying that Jesus does for us. He understands our struggle. That is an amazing thing. We talk about the power of God. He's able to do anything. We talk about the love of God and the fact that he forgives our sin. But here is something that really blows my mind. That God sent his son not only to die for my sin, but to go through the struggles that I experience and to deal with the full weight of those struggles so that he has understanding and can pray for me out of a heart of sympathy and love. Jesus prays sympathetically. Sometimes people think, well, God's this hard-hearted person in the sky. He doesn't care who's waiting to zap me with a bolt the first chance he gets. No, he's not. 
Now, he is just, he is righteous, he will judge sin. Someday there will be an eternal judgment. Those things are true, but that's not what God desires for you. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of repentance. God is a God of mercy, but he's also a God who sympathizes with where we are. So if you're struggling with sin, can I tell you something? Jesus understands that. He understands the struggle. If you are going through a trial, Jesus understands where you are. And he willingly intercedes and prays for you out of that heart of understanding. Uh, I can remember um, just having a, a special sense of, I'd hear about somebody's child being sick after experiencing it myself. A lot of times tears would come to my eyes. And I would, I would put that person on my prayer list. Why? Because I had a heart of sympathy towards them. I was moved by their suffering. The same thing is true of Christ. He's moved by your suffering. And he identifies with it. He sympathizes with where you are. And he wants to come to your aid. So he prays sympathetically. And finally, he prays powerfully. I started with he prays powerfully, but he prays powerfully. Look at verse 18. For since he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able. It's the same word that we get our word from dynamite uh, in the English language from. He is able to help those who are tempted. He prays powerfully. He is able. You talk about a prayer warrior, you talk about somebody. Uh, from time to time, I'll hear somebody say, well, yeah, I go to that person, I share with them my, my prayer request because they have a connection with God, and I feel like their prayers are powerful. Listen, I want to tell you something. There's nobody who has powerful prayer like Jesus Christ. He is able. And when you bring your request to him, when you're struggling with temptation, when you're struggling with a test, and you bring that to him, he can then take that and intercede to the Father perfectly according to His will, perfectly uh, in sympathy, perfectly in all these things we've talked about, so that God's work will be done in your life. You are not in the struggle alone. It's helpful to know that sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes we feel, you remember Elijah? He said, Lord, I, I'm the only one left. That, you know, that, that all others have forsaken you. God said, I've still got 7,000 who haven't bowed the knee to Baal. But that's the way Elijah felt. He felt all alone. He felt like there was nobody with him. That's the way you feel this morning. Because I tell you, you have got an omnipotent, omniscient Savior who is on your side and who's with you. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. Trust in his intercessory work. Take your requests to him and your burdens to him. When you don't know how to pray, ask him to pray on your behalf. When you have no prayers left to pray, take those things to him because he is utterly sufficient in his intercession for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, I want to tell you something. This is, this is a blessing for the children of God, people that know God. If you don't yet have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you need to understand God desires that for you. He wants to adopt you into his family, to forgive your sin, to give you a home in heaven. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to die for your sin. 
Jesus paid the price, satisfied the justice of God and the wrath of God on the cross, and said, it is finished, and he rose again. And the Bible says, if you'll choose to surrender your life to him, to put your trust in him and receive the gift of eternal life, that he will save your soul, that he'll give you a clean slate. Come, let us reason together, though your sin be like scarlet, it shall be as white as snow. Though it be red like crimson, it shall be as wool. Jesus will do that for you this morning if you'll surrender and trust him. And uh, he'll adopt you into his family, and Jesus will become your intercessor. I can't think of a greater thing. Uh, Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. I just ask that you would bless this scripture to our hearts, Lord, to remember you as our great intercessor. Uh, Lord Jesus, thank you that you are sympathetic with our struggles. Lord, so many times I've come to you with my head hung, and yet you have received me with mercy. I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful, Lord, for your uh, sufficient prayers for me and those times where I didn't even know how to pray, but you were interceding for me. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. And Lord, if there's somebody here today that uh, has a burden they need to bring before your feet, I pray that they'd bring it to this altar or, or if they'd like to, to ask me to pray for them. Or, uh, but I pray that they would ask you to pray for them.